Well, hello everyone, and hello. welcome to the Broad Review. Uh, my name is Emily. This is Tiffany, and we are here to review some things. Things. We review all manner of things. We review Netflix, documentary, and not Hulu, movies, food, festivals, whatever, whatever <laughs> we feel like reviewing. I did want to add something that I don't think that we've talked about, and that's. Um, everybody is entitled to their own opinion. So they are? Uh, there's a caveat. Okay, okay. Uh, you may not agree with us on our assessment of certain things. Oh, did I, did I miss something? No. <laughs> we, we have a hate. We got hate mail. No, I'm just kidding. This is just a, just a general for maybe when we have more than three followers that, you know, you may not agree with us that. Newsies is one of the greatest movies of all time. You might be You're Adam wrong. Levine's biggest fan, and that's Ad- fine. And that's fine. For you. You're entitled to your own opinions, but you're not entitled to your own facts. Adam Levine sucks. <laughs> Newsies is great. Calm down. Uh, so Tiffany and I have, we have de- had to delay our recording this week because of snowpocalypse. Snowmageddon-pocalypse. Snowmageddon. Ruin- our lives. So, oh my gosh. Tiffany, you had it a much harder <laughs> than I did. So I would like you to tell the class what you had to go through. So we we have all just experienced a type of storm that only happens like once every century or whatever. It hasn't snowed this much since... 1949. Okay, 1949. And uh, my husband and I live a little bit um, out towards the country a little bit more down by the river. And um, there so are cows across the street from you. I don't we, think it's a little bit country. I think you can live fairly a, say you live, we live in the country. By a dairy. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, there's a lot of uh, tree lined streets and mm. highways around there. Mm-hmm. And after about day four of consistent snow, uh, the trees just started falling because they were heavy mm-hmm. and they fall on the power lines. And then the power goes out. And uh, so what happens when it snows in this part of Washington in general is that everything just stops. Stops. Offices shut down. It, it, there's just not the, uh, there's no plows. I think we talked about Homer Simpson as yep. Mr. Plow last week. They're just not set up for it. So when it didn't stop by like day four, we have like almost two feet of snow mm-hmm. in town. And then the trees start falling down, and the power lines are going out, and then the power shuts down. It's still snowing. Mm-hmm. It's getting colder and colder. And so our power went out um, Monday at 1 a.m. So I guess you could say Tuesday at 1 a.m.? Whatever. I say Monday at Monday 1 a.m. Monday at 1 a.m.? Yeah. I knew what you meant. You okay. meant Monday night. And uh, by the time you wake up, the house is already like 10 degrees colder. <laughs> and so we were looking at like 58 degrees in the house. Um, I had the brilliant idea this time to throw all of our food in boxes on the patio and fill them with snow because in my head that would keep it frozen because this it didn't work. No, okay, right? You think- I follow your logic. Okay. Why? Why didn't it work? I don't know. I don't know. It was cold as yeah. shit outside. It was, it was so like cold. twenty degrees. Yeah, it was why like wouldn't freezing it just temperatures. Um, I guess because it would get to like thirty-eight during the day, it was still packed with snow. But it's it defrosted, so we lost some freezer food, not a ton. Okay. Um, luckily, we were like towards the end of our grocery week, 
Whereas last time the power went out, I had just done a full grocery shop. We lost everything. So, mm-hmm. um, so that happens, and then it just—it's dark as shit. I mean, it is. <laughs> we have three flashlights. The only reason we have three instead of one is because my dad sent us one for Christmas, which we were like, "That's really random, Dad. Thanks for sending us a flashlight." He can predict the future. He predicted the future, and then we were like, oh, "Thank God we have this." And then. Uh, we had some friends over a few weeks later and they needed to take their dog out to the bathroom and they were like, you have the shittiest flashlights. We're going to order you one off of Amazon right now and not tell you. <laughs> so luckily we have like, oh, you know, three flashlights for a house and it's dark and it's cold. And at this point on Tuesday, the whole town was out of power and right. shut down and so packed in with snow they were only plowing the main roads which luckily were close ish to but we're still kind of up on a hill um so i'm like stalking the facebook community page like what's open for dinner we had top ramen we had tortellini yeah we have a gas barbecue hookup so if it came to it we were ready to like boil water on <laughs> the freaking barbecue and luckily the mexican restaurant in town was open bless their hearts Really good food. Delicious, authentic Mexican. Oh my God. Ixtapa? 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 Is that a chain around here? I think it is a chain. I think I've seen more than one, but But, it might also just be just a common. Yeah. It's like the one Mexican (laughs) restaurant name in Washington. Um, You know, and I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much for being open. And they're just like, uh huh. Like, not like a normal day for them. You know, like all these freaking desperate people in there for food. It also happened to be Taco Tuesday. Ooh, bonus. Um, so that happened and then we're like, okay, well, this isn't going to last longer than a day because it didn't last time. So we're going to, um, <laughs> Justin will sleep upstairs. I will sleep downstairs with the, the other cat because, um, our cat still can't be in the same room and right. I didn't want him to be alone. We get the next day. Nothing has changed. PSC power estimates are like, it'll be fixed by Friday the 15th at midnight. And we're no. like, holy <laughs> crap. So then, you know... Emily and Bill open their house up to us. Our friends down the street open their house up to us. But Justin is being super optimistic that it's going to be resolved. It's going to be resolved. It's going to be fine. Yeah. And I just don't want to leave the cats. I know that sounds so stupid. No, I get it. But I'm one of those people that when there's like an, you know, like an emergency or like a hurricane, like when there were hurricanes in South Carolina, I told my little sister, if you leave your animals, I'll never speak to you again. Right. So I don't want to be the person that leaves my cats in a freezing house, as crazy as that sounds. Um, and so Wednesday, I'm just like refreshing, refresh. What's the update? What's going on? They're working on it. Cool. Oh, it'll be done at four. It'll be done at 530. Oh my God. It's back to Friday now. And that <laughs> went on for like six hours Aww. on Wednesday. Oh my God. It finally came back on Wednesday at like 830. And we were at the town tavern because they were open. They had power. They had food. They had alcohol. And everybody was kind of in the same boat because it was yeah. a huge corner of our neighborhood that was without power. So power came back on and then I was like, well, we're not, I'm not cleaning anything up right now. We're just not going to deal with any of this. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to recover from this. So how next, did you find out that the power was back on? Uh, at, while we were sitting at dinner at the tavern, uh, was we were refreshing. Refresh. Oh, okay. Refresh. And then I, I think we heard other people in the bar talking about it and I like busted on my phone. I'm like, refresh. And I'm like, <gasps> The giant red triangle outage on the map, it's gone. Yay! So it was it was stupidly exciting. Um, there's still way too much snow to be dealt with in our area, though. Yeah. And we actually got stuck in a parking lot yesterday, which 
I tried my hardest not to laugh. I don't think I was successful. Uh, we just, it was Valentine's Day. We were out doing a bunch of stuff. We just wanted to go get a beer and then a growler to take home from the little brewery yeah. down the street from us. The parking lot's just full of slush. And Justin's like, mm, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to give it a try. Nope, stuck immediately, yeah. immediately. So the girls bring us out shovels. This guy's trying to help. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh because I don't want to be a terrible person. Yeah. Kind of am. Um, we get out and we're like, fuck it. We're going, we're going back to the tavern because we live there now. Um, Wait, were you one of those assholes that abandoned your car? No, 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 no. Okay. No, we got it out. He got it out. Okay, Thank God. Um, got the car out. Um, and we go back to the tavern because they shoveled their parking lot. Right. Good for them. And so then we sit there, have a couple beers. We're heading home, drive past the brewery. Guess who had shoveled or plowed or whatever their fucking parking lot. And this is when I had my Christian Bale moment where I just went, oh, oh good for you. Good for you. <laughs> we were so, oh, my God. They were probably like, we don't want any more of these assholes getting stuck in this snow. Yeah. Call a plow right away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, so it's been a it's been a week. How'd you guys do over here? Oh, no. We were, I mean, we certainly got stuck in, but I have no idea who, but somebody came and... and plowed like the main road in front of our house fairly early after like the big heavy snow that we had oh. uh the trouble was getting out of the uh driveway oh because okay. we're like we don't need a shovel we'll just, right. we'll just drive right over it it's fine oh uh, no oh. so then we had to dig ourselves out but once we could dig ourselves out but the thing is there's still so many side roads around here that aren't oh my gosh plowed yeah uh what was your opinion on some of the memes that came out of uh Snowpocalypse, Snowmageddon, like the bananas. I didn't the, see the bananas. You know, I... Oh, wait, you were without power. You couldn't go I was without power. So honestly, there was like two days where I tried not to use my phone as much as I could. Yeah. I was, I sat at the library for like two hours charging stuff, pretending to do work, but... So yeah. on the Reddit, Reddit again, uh, there were a lot of people sharing pictures of their local supermarkets before the storm because oh, we were yes. warned about this mm-hmm. storm thoroughly like ah supplies you're gonna have to hunger down yeah get that ramen get, for when get the power that goes ramen. out because that made so yeah. much sense so what the p the p- picture people were sharing more often was the lack of bananas it seems that whenever <laughs> anybody went grocery shopping in seattle the first thing that they that would sell out was the bananas the second was the bread the third was the milk. The fourth was the eggs. And it's like, okay, you guys are going to make fucking banana bread what you, when what? the power's out. It, I have no that idea why so the bananas were first. Weird. And we made the trek, uh, whatever day, oh, like the, the last, night before you texted me. The night me. before. Mm-hmm. And everybody was calm, but like we stood in line for an hour to <sighs> check out. But we, it was nothing that we needed. We were just like, we just felt like we wanted to be part of something. <laughs> like we were like, oh, we want to be part of the looting. Let's go get Pop-Tarts. And we just bought a bunch of shit. Like nothing that we, it was actual food that we needed. What's going to keep us healthy during yeah. the storm when the power is out? Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts. And we were having a, a good time with it. But Mine was Ruffles because they were on sale. Ruffles have ridges. <laughs> it, it was, I, people in Seattle... We are not equipped for snow. No, no. And so I was getting a little, a little butt hurt about some people from the Midwest being like, oh. you guys are pussies. We get this all the time. We get this in a day. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get plowed. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. 
We do get plowed. We do get plowed. Just not the snow. I, there was a few tweets from our city that were like, we're going to be continuing to get pounded by this. And I'm like, who's doing this? Everybody snowed in and bored. What's uh, happening? And a, a little plug for one of my absolute favorite Twitter accounts. And I, I am damned and determined to find out who is behind this Twitter account because I want to be friends with him or her. Uh, and that is the uh, WS Department of Transportation yeah. Twitter feed. Uh, the, she, he or she tweets gifts from uh, Schitt's Creek. Yes. Which automatically I was like, you know, we're friends. Yes. We'll be That's friends. That's all it takes. So uh, call out if that person would like to be a guest on the Broad Review, whether they are abroad <laughs> or not, I'm down with it. So overall, what would you, uh, how would you review Snowpocalypse slash Snowmageddon? Oh my goodness. I would definitely give it like negative 10 groups of your neighbors shoveling out a path in your fucking cul-de-sac together. That lowest, also happened. That was cute. It's your lowest <laughs> review ever. It was, and I was the person who was like, I want snow this winter. It's been super warm this winter. And, and then it didn't, it just never stopped. Yeah. It, it The first couple days it was like, oh, all right, that's cool. Oh, Oh. Oh. Oh, it's still oh, happening. Oh, oh. Oh. Okay. Oh, you're cool. not going to stop. Yeah. So, um, so overall I would give it like one out of five <laughs> dirty snowmen. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things about the storm is because we sand instead of salt mm-hmm. around here when we do that. All the snowmen are like they're they're dirty. They're dirty. They're muddy, gross ass <laughs> I thought snowmen. You meant like pervy looking snowman well I, i've also like I, I saw a, peen, a, a snow penis that somebody built in oh. in seattle so yeah, yeah so i encourage you to send us pictures of uh dirty dirty snowmen whether they're dirt dirty or sexual snow, dirty snow penis so i know you haven't had power but did you have a chance to watch something yes. when you did have power i was like genuinely stressed that i wasn't gonna be able to and i was gonna fail yeah we would have had to skip a week, and then our listeners would have been like, I'm not listening to this it's... shit anymore. I'm turning it off. I'm unsubscribing. It's not like the nights we did have power. I uh, didn't, you know, we watched we watched Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm. Um, I thought it would be a nice romantic idea to watch A Star is Born last night. You've seen A Star is Born. You know that that's not a great idea. So that's on you. Oh, yes, 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 yes. But the, the my goal for this week's episode was to um, review... One of the most batshit crazy, uh, I guess you could call it true crime, basically life documentary um, on Netflix. It's been talked about quite a bit. You've probably seen uh, tweets about it. Chrissy Mm -hmm. Teigen was even talking about it. Um, Abducted in plain sight. Yes. I'm assuming it's about aliens. Is it about aliens? Well, kind of. Okay. Let's hear (laughs) it. I I know very little about it besides the name and then I assumed that it was about aliens. Yes. Right, which I mean, I love a good alien abduction documentary. Right, a good one. A good. <laughs> there are, are the, few and far between. There are few, <laughs> few and far between. Um, so, abducted in plain sight is, um, and I'm gonna spoil the story, but you still have to watch it just to see these people. Um, okay. So, abducted <laughs> in plain sight um, was made in 2017, and it's the story of um, this gentleman. Uh, I'm, no, no. Why would I say that? This horrible, 
horrible human. His name is Robert Berktold, and they call him B. That's oh, his he name. sounds like a dick. B. Um, and it's the story of how he basically manipulates this family in ways that allows him to have a relationship with one of their daughters that he has fallen deep, deeply in love with. How old is she? Uh, it starts when she is, I believe, 12. Oh, yes. God damn. Yes. It's already so off to a bad start. It is the story of um, how he just used this family, the parents in ways that are just, oh my God, it's so unbelievable. So the documentary starts out talking about, you know, um, the uh, Broberg family is the family that mm-hmm. B takes advantage of. And um, they live in Idaho, both Mormon families. Um, both families have husbands, wives, kids. So they become family friend families and they do all these things together and this and that. And B was just this wonderful man. He was the fun dad of the group, um, wonderful personality. Um, and he got very close to one of the girls um, named Jan. And he started calling Jan Dolly. That was the nickname that he had that stuck with her. That's fucking and gross. So, That's fucking gross. Yes. Yeah. Really, really weird. And so, you know, they're taking family vacations together. They're letting Jan go on his family vacations alone. Just her, just one child from a family of with three children yeah, goes with B's family. It's totally normal and acceptable. On vacation to yeah. Seattle. Um, oh, so, they came to visit us. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't born yet. <laughs> oh, yes. This is in the 70s, mm. by the way. Um, it starts in about 1972 is when the story really begins. And so he, he gets so close to this family that they completely trust him. He's a family friend. They're going to send their daughter on his family vacations. Um, it gets to the point where he starts really coming over a lot just to see Jan, hang out with Jan, pay her special attention, um, up into the point to where one day he wants to take her horseback riding. And the mom's like, oh, well, you know, she has this and this after school. And he's like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. I'll pick her up after that. And, um, you know, I'll pick her up after piano practice and we'll go horseback riding. And the mom's like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, This is in uh, 1974. And this was the first time that Jan was abducted by B. The first time? The first time. Okay. And um, they don't, uh, the parents don't really want to say anything because they don't really want to stir anything up. You know, he's a family friend. Maybe they got lost or, you know, the car broke down (laughs) and they'll hear from them soon. They don't want to stir up trouble. Oh my God. What the fuck? Oh my God. Right. So after two days, she, uh, the mom, her name is Marianne. Marianne calls the FBI. It's a Saturday. They're closed. No shit. What's wrong with the local police in this case? What? Uh, there's, that's one of many minor questions. She just really didn't want to get uh, people worked up. So she waited a few more days. Yeah, your daughter's missing. Just, it's yeah, fucking fine. Yeah, yeah. We'll have a sandwich. It's yeah. fine. Um, day five, she calls the FBI. And the FBI is like, no, she's been kidnapped. And they're like, no, no, something happened. Like the FBI. But agent- even if something happened, that's still a reason to be, even if she wasn't abducted. Yeah. See, she's in a car accident. I mean, she's fucking dead. Yeah. And they're like, this sounds like a kidnapping. And the parents are like, oh, no, he's the he's a good guy. He would never do this. Um, and so what happens now in the documentary, which I, I really liked how they actually set this up, is 
they take a step back in time and they're like, why is the family, why are these parents so afraid to cause a stir? And it's because both parents were having sexual relationships with B. I'm blushing. I can feel myself blushing. Oh, what? So you you go back in time and um, they start back at 1972. And that is when B starts to seduce Marianne. By... B seduced everybody. He seduces everybody. Everybody. He is so manipulative and so creepy and... The fact that it's like he worked to get close with the parents first, but also then have dirt on the parents so that later on down the line, his wife can come and say, if you don't drop these kidnapping charges, everybody's going to know that you guys were all having affairs with him, including the dad. Oh, my God. Including the dad. That's juicy shit. So this is why in 1974, they don't want to cause too much of a stir because mom and dad been fucking up. (laughs) (laughs) Marianne, you know, she's been married to Bob for a long time and she needed some excitement. So did Bob. So, yeah, so did Bob didn't need excitement. I don't know where Bob's thing came from. And when he talks about it, oh, my God, it's crushing. He is so crushed that he is admitting this. He's talking about how, um, you know, B didn't really have a super close sexual relationship with his wife, which... I'm going to stereotype something right now. They they belong to the LDS church. They're Mormons. In the 70s, did they talk about these things this openly? Or was this just... I don't know. Mormons Mormons that we know, please weigh in. Yes. I actually do know a few Mormons (laughs) that may listen. So we would like to know. So B and Bob go for a ride in the car. Bob notices B is sexually aroused. And he's like, do you think you could give me some relief from this? And Bob just does it. He's like... It's one of the worst things I've ever done. And he's like sobbing, telling the story. But you could have said, nah, dude. Is Bob the guy from the Fry Festival? <laughs> is it the same? Honestly, when he tells the is story. Is it the same person? When he tells the story, I imagined the Evian blowjob water guy like, <laughs> going through the same thing. And he's just like crushed. He's like, it's the worst thing I've ever done. Well, d- Betrayed my marriage and this and that. Why'd you do it? That? Why? Why? He didn't, you were in a car. You could have just pulled over and got out and been yeah. like, handle, you got two hands, B. Yeah. Park. <laughs> Fucking B. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> like, come on, man. So uh, by the time that the kidnapping comes around, I think that's why they were kind of dancing around the fact like, oh, well, the first abduction. Right. This is the part of the documentary where they call in one of B's brothers and he just blast in just like i don't i don't even know where he was from i think maybe like wyoming or utah or something and he's like oh yeah my brother was always a sexual pervert he's a pedophile we've always known he was a pedophile okay so see something say something yeah people uh, i know it was the 70s and especially the fbi guy in idaho was like we didn't really know much about this at the time. Oh, that, yeah. We didn't really have a term for it. Um, you know, child molester, pedophile, whatever. So um, you start hearing with this first kidnapping, they're like, oh, well, you know, B was molested when he was little. And um, part of his therapy for him to recover from his sexual trauma was to spend nights in bed with Jan. Uh, who assigned this therapy? Uh, a licensed yeah. uh, therapist then? Uh, you find out that they really didn't have a license later oh, on. Oh, okay. So leading up into the kidnapping, he's going through this therapy and he's spending 
uh, four nights a week with Jan in bed, and then he decides he's going to take her away. Cool. So he takes her away, and you find out he has taken her to Mexico. Um, But the way that he sets her up with this kidnapping is to make her think, this 12-year-old girl, that she has been abducted by aliens. Ah, there's the alien connection. I knew there was one. And there is this brainwashing that he does to this poor child. And he has a tape recorder with alien voices on it. Um, Their names are Zeta and Zethra. And Zeta and Zethra on these tapes are giving Jan her mission that in order that she's her dad's an alien she's part alien and jan reminiscing about this oh my god she was like you know i thought it was strange but like huh i i'm an alien i'm part alien that's why this is happening you're 12 years old you don't yeah i don't know if i would have i no, i was i would have loved to have been told that i was an alien at 12 (laughs) years old that would have been like the best thing i've ever like i fucking knew it well here uh, is the mission that the aliens gave her. Her home planet, from where her alien half of her family was from, right. will be destroyed if by her 16th birthday she doesn't have a child with a person of, I forget the term they use, familiarity or importance in her life. That doesn't make any sense. So all of this that's he a weird, has... That's a weird mission. So Yeah, so she has this mission. And you have to do this by the time you're 16. So she leaves, the, she gets up and leaves the bedroom. She's recovering from one of the many uh, Benadryl comas that this man put her in at this time during the alien abduction. And uh, she walks out of the bedroom um, of the trailer that they were in, right. of course, and uh, motorhome, I guess you could say. And uh, she sees B and she's like, oh, well, he's the one that has to help me fulfill this mission. At 12 years old, she is brainwashed to think that she has to have a child with this man. To so her, <laughs> to so her, her home, home planet, planet is not destroyed. Yes. I can't. So I guess I can't figure. You know, as a as a plot device. Yeah. That's a weird, weird connection. Why? Why would somebody on Earth? Why would that? But again, if I was 12, I'd be like, yeah. And you have, I'm prepared to do what I have to do. From this tape recording that B has spent time manufacturing. Jesus. I'm, I'm like Which I'm sure in the 1970s was not easy. Like yeah. now you could just go on, you know, any audio software and yeah. just change your voice. But in the 1970s, there was yeah. work put into that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that's what she's going through during this kidnapping. Um, eventually, they get the brother to help the FBI. Um, and he's calling his brother and they're tracing his calls. They're in Mexico. And the reason he was calling his brother is because he needed his brother to convince Jan's parents to let them be legally married in the United States because they had gotten married in Mexico where the legal age for marriage was 12. I say was 12. I'm hoping <laughs> that it has changed. I'm hoping that that's changed. So they actually got married in Mexico. Legally oh. married in Mexico. Mazel. <laughs> Yeah, and so then, you know, the FBI finds him, they come down on him, and they're like, what in the ever-living fuck are you doing? You're, you know, he's in jail in Mexico, and he uh, gets a hold of Jan. He pays some guards to, like, bring her to a cell so he can be like, remember your mission, and remember that if you tell anybody anything that happened, your sister will go blind, <laughs> your dad and your mom will die, and you'll be vaporized because you're not going to complete this alien mission. So she's, like, tight-lipped. <laughs> So he has now ensured that she can't tell them about the sexual abuse that she was suffering during of, of this aliens. kidnapping because of the aliens. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so he gets indicted for kidnapping. 
Um, there's some details I'm not comfortable going into, but basically there was no evidence in her young female body of sexual assault. Okay. He was methodical to make sure that that didn't happen, which yeah. is disgusting. Um, so at this point, this is where, you know, they have this case against him. They're depending on the parents continuing to press the charges. And then B's wife pops over and is like, hey, by the way, if you don't drop this case, the whole community is going to know that you guys were banging my husband. B's actual wife, not his 12-year-old wife. B's actual wife. I didn't ever question how, wow, that could happen. I mean, Gail. Uh, I don't know if... Because like, if I go get married to somebody in Mexico, does it nullify the marriage that I have here? Huh. Something to think about. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It was the 70s. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of crazy stuff going Truth. on. Truth. Hand, hand jobs from Bob and B. Uh, so basically, they drop the charges, and that ruins the government's case against him. And so they now have an uphill battle to climb. And in the meantime... Um, B is still visiting Jan. He is encouraging her to continue the mission. They're writing love letters back and forth. Gross. Um, and this is at the point where Jan says that her love for him went from like a fatherly love to like a deeply committed, passionate love love. Because she hit puberty. She probably, yeah. Um, so the parents go through some divorce stuff and... You know, Marianne starts banging B again. It's just, it just <laughs> keeps going back to where you're like, what are these parents doing? Marianne gets reinvolved with B, which then gives him access back to Jan. Does Marianne know about what happened allegedly? Does, does she not think that they there was any sexual abuse, even no. though they said they were fucking married? Right. Did, did they not know about the marriage? They knew about the marriage. What the fuck? They sent it back and they got it annulled. They're like, no, 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 you can't do that. Yeah. <sighs> Um, so, all right, we're going to jump ahead to 1976 because B is, he doesn't live in the same town as them anymore. And that's why they're writing these love letters back and forth. And B at this point has bought a family fun center in Wyoming. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and Jan wants to go work there for the summer. And God damn it, mom, I'm going to be an impossible little bitch until you let me go work there. Well, I want to work with my husband. They send her to Wyoming. Classic. To go work for B. Like, <laughs> parents of the year oh my gosh parents of 1976 of the right, right. There. they're like oh she was just so impossible we thought if we sent her away so they do uh, and then oh my god there there's pictures of her that they have that he took where she she's just 13 years old she's just oh no she's older at this point how old is she at this point still not old enough I'm still guessing. Not still not old enough. Um, there's a voice recording of them having a conversation, and she has the tiniest little baby voice. And you like, you're like, oh my gosh, you're still a tiny teenager. And she's oh, it's just it's it's disgusting. And so they she goes home, and then a few weeks later, she disappears again. And this is August 1976. Wait, so she went to work with him. She went to work with him for two weeks, then she came back. And then disappeared. And then the next morning, you know, on a day in August, they wake up and Jan is not there. God. She has disappeared. And the way that he sets it up this time is he's like, man, I don't know where she is either. I uh, have yeah. no idea totally where she is. Totally trustworthy, this guy. So he's calling the mom. It's just, um, they wait, the parents wait two weeks cool. before they tell the FBI. Two weeks. Um, 
And so because this happens to coincide with when he reports for his 10-day jail sentence that he gets for the first kidnapping, they're like, she ran away. She she ran away. That's what happened. Um, there's a ton of recorded phone calls of him calling the mom, being like, hey, I heard from Jan yesterday. She's doing some like weird shit to get money. We really need to... So he's playing like... She, she's away from him too. Ugh. It's so weird. It's so weird. And at one point then, Jan calls home. And she's like, again, in like the tiniest little baby voice, like, I just wanted to tell you guys that I love you. And they're like, where are you? And she's like, I just, I miss you and I love you. I'm okay. Hi. I'm still going to marry B. And he's someone, it's just, it's disgusting. And oh my gosh. So what does the FBI have to say in all this? Like, are, are, do they do any interviews with the FBI people? Yes. Because those are yeah, the, he's like, great. It's it's one agent, um, and the whole time he's just like it was the seventies. They were in a Mormon community. There's a lot of like naivete going on. Mm-hmm. But holy shit, you guys, <laughs> come on! So oh sorry, for, forgot I to hit the, the table. I love the gone. Um, so this goes on, um, and after a hundred days of her being gone, cool, um, and some very tricky FBI surveillance, they have found out. That B enrolled her in an all-girls Catholic school in Pasadena, California. Uh, okay, let's let's dissect that whole sentence. First of all, <laughs> she's Mormon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is she going to Catholic school? Oh yeah. Well, the way that he pulled this one off is he told the nuns that their mom died. He's a CIA agent, and they escaped. Ooh, something that was going on at the time with Lebanon. And she needed to be in the school to be protected so that whoever was coming after him as a CIA agent. All right. uh, uh, Holy shit. I I don't want to like disparage anybody, but nuns. I mean, are you that fucking gullible? Like you just take that story. at face I mean, again, I guess it's the 70s. So it's not like there's a paper trail that you can look shit up. And there was some sort of Lebanon crisis happening. So it was like a news story to where I guess it was. They were like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. Wow. Um, yeah, that is, that is some, that is, he is committed to this cause. It is just absolutely nuts. Um, there was a point, let me figure out where that was. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So the way that they find out she's in Pasadena is the FBI sets up surveillance and they find him in his motorhome in, I think he's in Utah at this point and she's not there, but what is there are numbers, several giant posters of photos of Jen that he has in his motorhome. He's what so, the so fuck? Gross. What so the gross. fuck? So fucking gross. So that was part of their surveillance. Ugh. They went in there and they were like, oh my God. At that point, I don't know why they would kill him. Just shoot the guy. He's awful. Um, so then uh, Jan is pissed at this point to be home. She just wants to be with B. She is so anxious about finishing this mission. She is so fucking committed to this mission. She's scared that her sister's going to go blind. So she's like having this crisis where like, yes, she's in love with this man, but also if she doesn't finish this mission that the aliens have given to her, uh-huh. so she's like losing her fucking mind. This poor child at this point. Um, so then some things happen. B pays some of his jail buddies to burn down the family floral shop that they owned and ran. Um, he spent some time in a mental institution, works out some of those family issues that he has that are causing him to do this. Um, Jan is starting to panic again because she still hasn't gotten pregnant to fulfill her mission. And she's also worried because B is paying less attention to her because she's getting older. And how is she going to fulfill this mission? Uh. So 
She, um, her parents let her go to a drama camp when she turned 16. A boy likes her there. She's freaking out. Wait, they sent her to drama camp? Yes. For a sexually confused teenager, let me tell you, that's the worst <laughs> possible fucking place they could have sent her. Right? That's a terrible yeah, idea. Yeah, it's like a three week three week or four uh, week thing it was a long thing uh, drama so, kids just i mean just like stereotypes with band kids <laughs> oh drama kids are gross morning. yeah so she's like very conflicted because there's a nice boy there that likes her but she's worried that the aliens are going to find out if she likes this boy back and then guess what happens that night her mom calls her and her dogs are sick <gasps> because the aliens made it happen were the dogs really sick or was she just saying that no the dogs were really sick and then the mom calls her the next day and she's like Oh, the dogs are better. Don't worry. And then she's like, oh, huh. Well, that's... Oh. She's starting to connect some dots. This whole time, panicking, 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 panicking. And then things start like, huh, well, okay. Um, Well, Karen hasn't gone blind yet. <laughs> and, you know, she's starting to figure some stuff out. So uh, then she turns 16, has a birthday party. Nothing Still happens. not pregnant. And she's like... I had this plan. I was going to buy a gun and I was going to tell my sister, like, you have to do this and blah, blah, blah. Like, this child is freaking the fuck out. Her 16th birthday passes. Everything is fine. Nobody vaporizes. Nobody goes blind. Did anybody check on the home planet, though? Oh, no. That could have been yeah. blown up. We would have never known. Yeah, we would have known. Maybe B did this. Fuck. <laughs> um, so then she's like, wow, this was all a lie. <laughs> And this is at the point. She's 16 years old. She tells, first she tells her sisters and a friend, and then they're like, you gotta tell mom and dad. Yeah. Which I don't think she knew what her parents were doing and how they were related and all of this until much later. Um, But uh, they would have been the last people I told if I knew how they kept giving this man access to, you know, whatever. So then she tells the family about the mission and they're just like, oh my God. Oh Oh my God. So be, you know, he he gets off scot-free up until the very, very end, up until 2005, actually. Fuck, that's a long time. Yeah. Um, her and her mom wrote a book about this, uh, which I don't know what her mom... Oh, good for you, mom. You had an affair and let a child molester get close You're to your daughter. You're a shit person. You're a terrible person. I hope that was in like the epilogue of the book. Um, he starts showing up to their book signings and speaking events. And so uh, then they get, she files, Jan files a stalking injunction and, you know, all this stuff is happening and she's like, you've never paid the price for this. You, you know, I'm sitting here looking at you in a courtroom 30 years later and I just want to throw out, you know, all this stuff is happening. This guy has still never spent more than a few weeks in jail for this. It's crazy. Um, And then at one of their events, you know, those bikers that go around and form like cute little security gangs. Yeah. So bikers against child abuse are protecting them at one of their speaking engagements. Adorable. I loved it. Um, he tries to run them over with his car. Do the bikers approve of that? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, she's like, that's the guy who did this to me. And they're, he's he tried to run them over. So then he gets arrested again in 2005 as now like a 70-something-year-old man. He gets arrested and charged. And he says... If I am found guilty of these crimes, I won't last a day in jail. And so he kills himself. And that's it. Oh, gong. There's table. The gong. Got to stop hitting the table. I just, it's appalling. Um, after his suicide, um, six other women came forward <gasps> and said that they had also been molested by him. <sighs> and that he actually had spent a year in jail 
um, accused of one of their rapes. Oh, just like that nobody, nobody else knew really about. knew about. And what the hell, Gail, his wife, a mother of his children. Did she stay with him the whole time? You know, Gail kind of falls away at some point. She becomes like an afterthought. I, I think she, she was a always hole. a little bit crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if is I'm not gonna lie, I watched this twice because the first time I watched it was like two weeks ago, and I was like, I have to talk about that. Because you, you know, you watch these crime documentaries and you're like, oh my God, that's terrible. Or, yeah. oh, that's so sad. But this one literally has, it just keeps happening again. And the parents keep setting it up to happen. Jeez. And you want to feel bad for them. But the, at the same time, it's like, dude. You're doing this. You're doing this. And you're not calling the FBI because one time you gave that guy a handy in a parking lot and you don't want your Mormon community to know that. And now your daughter thinks that she's <laughs> going to vaporize. That's on you. So... It's worth a watch to see these people, you know, to see mom and dad and how they emotionally react to things. There's um, there's voice footage of Bob because he had tape recordings of himself talking about Jan. Um, there's also transcripts of some of their love letters. The part that is a little like, oh, this is making me so uncomfortable is, um, well, not only the pictures that they have of B uh. and Jan, those are just terrible, but they do some reenactments and they try and match the like grainy vintage quality of some of the photos and home movies and stuff. And so it just adds this creepy factor even more like, oh, oh gosh, you're, you're trying to make me like look at this as it's happening. Yeah. How is Jan today? Is she dead? No, Jan today is still alive. Okay, good. Um, she says things like, you know, she talks a little bit about forgiveness, forgiving him, forgiving her parents. Um, but she said, you know, it, it's it's hard when the person that did this to you, you think about every day still because it was so awful. Ooh, I know. <laughs> it's so, it is truly just something that's not believable but then at the end um i think i can't remember if it was the mom or the dad they were like yeah no this happened we let this happen and this was our life i think it was the dad because then he kind of does like this little sad head shake like man i fucked up <laughs> i done fucked up should have never relieved his sexual tension <laughs> that one time yeah yeah so, so god it's like a a snowball effect like yeah that's crazy and it's, it, it's it, it was one of those documentaries I put on to like screw around on my phone and like 10 minutes into it is your first like, oh my God. <laughs> and then from then on, you know, it is so entrancing and a horrible, horrible thing that happened, but it, it was so well done. It just really holds your attention, which a lot of documentaries uh, we've talked about this. Don't do. No, so. you can do other things while you're watching documentaries. So that's, yeah. that's, that is a good, that's a good quality of documentaries when it can actually. Yeah hold my attention yeah so i'm gonna rate this one not rating what happened but rating <laughs> <laughs> not rating the not rating abuse. the content um but rating the way that this story was presented um i'm i'm gonna have to give it a five out of five zeta and zethras all right yeah all right um, i i will definitely watch it i've been waiting to watch it because i wanted to hear your review of it uh but yeah like the social media buzz to, like, around this live doc- text me while you're watching it yeah so do we know why? You said it was made in 2017. Why is it now just gaining popularity? Yeah, I don't know. I think it... 
Sometimes things like that just happen on Netflix. There'll be yeah. things that are in like the dungeon of Netflix that no one knows about and all of a sudden one person will tweet about it and then it's yeah. popular. Um, it's like that show, um, You. Uh, it was on Lifetime. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that yet. either. And then it was on Netflix and then, you know, who has cable anymore? No one. Six people. No one. Um, who watches series like that on Lifetime. Yeah. Put it on Netflix and it's like, Yes, ooh, and then you spicy. have a much wider audience. Yes. Well, thank you for that review. I also reviewed something on Netflix, and the exact opposite of what happened with that is true with what I reviewed, which was Russian Doll. Yes. So I was browsing Netflix for something to watch, something to review, possibly, and Netflix has those annoying autoplay things, (gasps) which, Netflix, if you're listening... Netflix. Why do you make those louder than uh, the atomic bomb? Like, stop, stop with that. But it came up, and it was the day before Groundhog Day. <laughs> and the, the trailer for this came up, and I was like, this is pretty obviously a Groundhog Day ripoff. Mm-hmm. But it's got Natasha Leone. I like her, so I'm going to give it a try. Okay. And I also saw that it was eight 20-minute episodes. Perfect. Which is the perfect binge amount. And so I was like, I'll do a couple tonight. It's fine. Yeah. You know, I it's I did not expect to not that I didn't expect to like it, but I certainly didn't expect to watch all of them because it, you know, it did the premise sounded derivative. Mm-hmm. Bill and I stayed up till <laughs> 1 a.m. Oh watching the show, which for me is very, very you guys late. usually go to bed at like nine. Nine. Sometimes yes. you text me after nine and I'm like, oh my god, why is she up? up so late? She's is she okay? Up. So I we kept looking at each other at the end of every episode and being like, we can't leave it there. No, keep we going. We cannot leave it there. So we had to keep going. We had to finish it. It was a show that when I was finished with it, I was sad. Mm, I, I was that sad happens. that there were not more episodes. I was yeah. sad. I mean, it, it. I'll get to how it all you know wrapped up, but I was sad that I didn't that that I couldn't experience that again. Yeah, you have those shows where you're like, I experienced it for the first time. The feeling that you had the first time, you're never going to have that feeling again. It's that's not true when you start watching Shit's Creek from the beginning again. <laughs> true, it's just as exciting. That's have you that, done that already? No, <laughs> I I go back to my favorite episodes and just kind of like pick and choose. <laughs> Oh, simply the best. Oh, God. That's so good. So good. So it's not a Groundhog Day ripoff. Right. It is in that it's not a ripoff of anything, first of all. In going over and reading more about this, I find out that it is from the minds of Amy Poehler. Yes. That was surprising to me. Natasha Leone and Leslie Headland, who you probably don't recognize the name. Did you ever see the movie Bachelorette? You know, I didn't get into it. So, yeah. So, Bachelorette is like one of those movies that it looks like a bridesmaid's ripoff. And so you don't, but then it's like a drug-fueled, like crazy fucking movie. Yeah. So she, all three of them together... And an additional team of all female writers and directors. Hell yeah. Straight across the board. No males were involved except in the acting. Wow. And even that was pretty minimal. It was, yeah, there's, I mean, there's male characters, but it shows. I, I, there were times where when, you know, when there was dialogue, I was like, this is how women actually talk to each other. Not yes. how romantic comedy women talk to each other. Yes. So I loved it. <laughs> I fucking loved it it is now definitely probably maybe in the top 10 shows i've ever watched really it's so fucking good 
that it makes me angry that I was not part of it. <laughs> not that I have anything to do with any of this, but like that I wasn't an actor on it or that I wasn't a writer on it or anything. I want to be in their world. You want to be in the room where it happens. I want to be in the room mm-hmm. where it happens. So what this story is, um, Natasha Leone plays the main character, whose name is Nadia Volvakov. Volvakov is not a legitimate surname in Russia. They did you made Google it that? Yes, I did. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Volva with some more letters. Uh, so the story starts at her 36th birthday party, which happens to also be the age well, that I currently am. <laughs> so 36 birthdays are not fun. There's not, they're not milestone oh birthdays. They're Mine's not, coming up. Yep. It's not a great birthday. It's oh. kind of a shit birthday. Oh. Uh, but as it turns out that the 36th birthday, which I'm not going to tell you why, but it holds some significance in her life. So she's at this party that's held at her friend's Ma- her friend Maxine's house, which I will talk about Maxine later because she's my favorite. Uh, at this loft in New York that used to be a uh, Jewish school. Really cool party. Uh, you know, they get into some drugs. They get into some drinking. She uh, starts talking to this guy who's kind of a goober, but it's like, he's, who the fuck cares? It's her birthday. It's her birthday. So she ends up uh, taking this guy back to her place. They get into some business. They go out to the deli to get, or before they go back to their house, they get out um, and go out to the deli that she shares. It's like right under her house and they are missing their cat. So Nadia and the deli share a cat. So it kind oh, of goes between. Yes, so, oh, so they kind of, it kind of goes between. His name's Oatmeal. Oh. So they talk about the fact that Oatmeal's gone, and they don't. You know, he roams sometimes, but he's been, he, he's, it's been a while. It's been a while. So she's walking out of the deli with this guy. His name is Mike. And across the street in the park, she sees Oatmeal, and she runs across the street, gets hit by a car, and fucking dies. <gasps> And then immediately wakes up right where we started. With Ted Danson. (laughs) With Ted Danson. (laughs) So she wakes up, opens her eyes. She's staring in the same mirror that she did when she started the party in this bathroom. She goes out, realizes that everything is exactly the same. And she is aware... That she died. Okay. Yes, she remembers it. But nobody else remembers it. She doesn't understand. It is like Groundhog Day in that respect. Okay. So, which she, I have seen, by the way, yeah. <laughs> recently. I'm sure you. It's a Bill Murray. Movie. It is, it, but it was recent, not like, <laughs> like last year, I think. <laughs> so she's trying to figure out: Did she just hallucinate that? What the fuck just happened? What kind of drugs is she what doing? She, what's going on? Uh, why does she remember her death? But at the same time, she's fine. She tries to get other people's opinions on why it might be happening, and then it happens again. Different death. Then it happens again. Then it happens again. She's always coming back to this same party. She dies different ways every time, some of which are very, very comical, and some of which are very dark. <laughs> and they're very funny. So she's trying to play detective now to try to figure out if it was drugs, uh, if the school, the Jewish school, was haunted. Oh my gosh. That that's was amazing. another theory that she had. Uh, she has a history of mental illness in her family. Is she losing it? Yeah. Uh, also, are they? Is she dead? Is she in purgatory? So oh. she's trying to figure out what all of these things mean, trying to make connections with everything. And then she meets Alan in an oh. elevator that's about to crash down. Oh, gosh. Oh, and my gosh. <laughs> she, you know, looks at Alan and Alan doesn't look panicked. And Alan says something to the effect of, it doesn't matter. I die every day. 
Ooh, and then they the crash bell. and die. So then the rest of the story goes into Alan and Nadia trying to figure out how they are connected because they are so incredibly different from each other. Nadia is this crazy, you know, free spirit New crazy Yorker, smokes hair. like a chimney. <laughs> Alan is straight-laced, great posture, you know, wealthy. They don't have any connections, but they do. <gasps> spoiler alert. They this do. Is spoiler alert. So I don't want to go much deeper than that. I still have much more sense. to talk about it. But I, this is one I really don't want to spoil it for Good. people. You have to I watch it yourself. That. Yeah. It, because it is... It is an emotional journey Aww. like you've never experienced. And what I think is really cool about this is I don't think I can think of another show that covers as many genres as this show. Hmm. It's comedy at its heart. Natasha Leone's fucking hysterical. She is. She's so funny. First of all, she's ageless. Ageless. She has to be like 82 by this time because I feel like I have seen her in everything since I was a teenager. She looks exactly the same. She looks the same. Uh, what she is a magician yes and she's really funny and i heard somebody say something that i thought was pretty cute was there's nobody in the world that has natasha leone's accent you could you <laughs> could hear her and know that that was her because it's her because she's uh, she's an icon so it's comedy at its heart but there are sci-fi elements there is a mm. little bit of romance in it there's drama it goes into horror at one part oh it but not like it's not like one episode is a horror episode and one episode is a drama it just is seamless Interesting. together and it's amazing and i've i can't think of another show that that does anything like that it's amazing that they pack so much into short episodes too take note yes. other tv shows take note other tv shows <laughs> they pack so much into 20 minutes i it, it is mind boggling what they did bottling mind bottling <laughs> What they did. So I, I like you when you're Dr. Annie, I watched it twice through. And um, I can tell you that every single death still made me like jump. I don't know why. <laughs> like I knew they were coming. I knew how they were coming, but they still oh, all made me yeah. jump. But so it was pretty funny. I thought it had a really, it, it definitely really deeply explores a lot of different types of mental illness. Hmm, like, I appreciate that. Deeply. There's, it explores people with depression and anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorder and... Um, like real obsessive compulsive disorder? Actual like, Oh obsessive. my God, I'm so OCD No, right a, actual obsessive compulsive disorder. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, bipolar disorder. So it, without shoving them at you or being like, this is how we're going to fix this person. Mm. It, it... <sighs> It gets to the heart of of all of those things, and I, it's amazing. Again, it's one of the things you'll just have to watch it to understand it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some of the actors besides Natasha Leone. Right. It's a lot of unknowns, or less knowns, with okay. the exception of Dasha Polanco. Dasha? Dasha? Polanco. Daya! Uh, Daya from Orange is New Black. So she's in it. Oh. In a very not stereotyped part for her. Oh, she not plays a Murray Prison <laughs> yes. gang member? <laughs> yes, she play, She actually plays Alan's very straight-laced girlfriend. Okay. So that's the only name or person that I saw and was like, hmm. I know who that is. Okay. But there are definitely a lot of other actors to call out. And my favorite of all of them, and besides Nadia, my favorite character has to be Maxine, who is the apartment owner 
and the woman throwing the party. She's played by uh, an actress named Greta Lee, Tiffany. She's my favorite person ever. Every single death when she would come back and interact with Maxine. Yes. It's a different fucking Maxine. Oh my gosh. And it's not because that's that's like a trope that they're trying to do. It's because Maxine is 50 different people and it's amazing. She's so fucking good. You don't know if when you talk to Maxine, she's going to call you uh, the C word. <laughs> I know you don't like the C word, so I won't say it. I said it the other day and shocked the hell out of me. <laughs> Justin, he was like, I thought you didn't say that word. And I was like, sometimes you have to. But sometimes she'll hug you and love you. Or sometimes she'll throw a drink in your face. You have no idea what you're getting with Maxine. And that's why I huh. love her. And she... Oh. Just There's just so many great moments with Maxine. And luckily Maxine is in, I think, every single episode in some way or another. Yeah. Because yeah. Maxine is the first person that Nadia talks to okay. at length when she comes back to life. Okay. Uh, and there's a very... The first thing that Maxine always says to her is, Sweet birthday, baby! And so you're, you'll hear that a lot. And that's kind of... That's what oh their people gosh, are memeing. Cute. Right now is like, sweet oh. birthday, baby. So that's what she always says to her when she sees her for the first time when she's coming up to her. So Greta Lee, Maxine, just... And she hasn't really been in anything else we would know of? No, I looked it up. I, not, not It's some TV shows, nothing that I recognized. Okay. Or that I was like, I know who that is. But she was just... She's so, so very good. And uh, she also... I, all of the characters are women who talk and act like women. I love it. Like real life women, not TV or movie women, but how people, two women, interact with each other in real life. Love it. Because, you know, even you and I, you don't know how I'm going to be when you get here. I could be happy. <laughs> I could be angry. You don't know. And so, oh, I loved, I I love, love, love Maxine. Some other actors to call out, uh, Ruth, who is, she play, uh, Ruth is the character who's, she plays a therapist who is also just happens to be Nadia's kind of adoptive mother, substitute mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nadia's mother goes through some stuff and, and Ruth kind of takes Nadia under her wing and gives Nadia a lot of insight about mental health and that kind of stuff. And so okay. she's she's a bit of a guru and uh, she was really good as well. She's played by Elizabeth Ashley, who was in a lot of stuff in like the 1970s and 80s. Okay. But again, it's not somebody that I don't know. Okay. I didn't. I'm not familiar. All right. I'm about to blow your fucking mind. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm going to blow your fucking mind. So in when we review these things, Tiffany and I both, you know, sometimes Tiffany just IMDb somebody the second they come on screen. Always. Whether it's in the movie theater I or not. I can't be tamed. <laughs> it has to happen. I wait until the end and I wait, right? You know, who is that? Who is that? Who? Hello, who is this? There is a homeless guy in the story. His name is Horse. And he is a horse. Horse. Like horse like the animal. Okay. He is a very important part of the story. And he's in almost every single episode too. He is, he doesn't have a recognizable face necessarily, but now that I see it, I can't unsee it. His name is Brendan Sexton III. Brendan Sexton III in my life, is most known for being the character Warren in Empire Records. No. Yes. He reappeared. Wait, Warren in Empire Records the kid, is the kid. The kid that causes all the shit. Warren Beatty. Oh, my. Is now an adult. 
And in this most and obscure in this role. show. Wow. I, I would have never. about died. No, and like you wouldn't see it because he was a child in that, right. in Empire Records. I loved it. That that is now. I love when things connect like that. When because Empire Records is another one of a movie that I very much like. Because when I was oh fourteen, my gosh. I was, was like, so... I look just like Liv Tyler. I'm so pretty. Oh my god! I want to be so her. important in those formative years of our lives. And we were like, yeah. what should we do? I'm gonna wear skirts and combat boots because it looks so great yes. on Liv Tyler. <laughs> Renee Zellweger's a whore. Oh my god. <laughs> So I love that movie. It's and I I read a, a critique of it recently. That's like Empire Records is reality, like critically just a fucking terrible movie because <laughs> like the narrative doesn't make sense at all, and it's, it really doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's, it is, but culturally at that time, oh my gosh, it's so important to our life. It was so huge. Yes, the music. So, ugh. I, oh, yes, that's that. That's still one of the best soundtracks yes, ever of all time. Ever. So I love that there is now a connection. Oh my gosh! Okay, so when you looked at his IMDb, is there anything else that we might know him? I didn't look at anything else except the fact that it said that he was in Empire he Records. Was probably in like one episode of SVU. <laughs> he, yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm sure he was. Actually, it, I wrote down that Ruth, the character of Ruth, was in an episode of SVU. Always, 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 always with the SVU. So no, I didn't pay attention to anything else because I was uh, when I when I got on the tangent that he was in Empire Records, it done. was done for yeah. me. It was done for me. So I love that there is a connection now to that. Amazing. So there's some takeaways that I have and some opinions that I have. The music in this show is again some of the best that I've ever oh. heard. The the mixture of music, the mixture of genres of music, the compositions of the music make it just perfect. So a lot like in Groundhog Day where there's the Sunny and Cher song. Every time Nadia comes back to life, there is a song playing. Okay. And it's uh, a song by, I had to look up who sang it because I didn't know. I knew the song and I've heard it before. Um, it's a song called, it's called Gotta Get Up by Henry Nilsson. It's like, gotta get up, gotta get up, gotta get oh, up. Yeah. It's, 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 you nailed it. Yeah. Exactly. It sounds it's, like that. I'll do it at karaoke. It's fine. <laughs> and it's like a kitschy kind of fun song. Mm-hmm. Looked up that Harry Nilsson also did the, um, the Lime and the Coconut song. No. Yes. Same guy. Amazing. So, you know, he was a songwriter. The use of it in this movie is fucking perfect. There's no Hmm. song that I can think of that would fit better. And once you watch it, you will see what I'm talking about. Okay. But the other music, the other music that they're playing at the party, the music that Alan has associated with him, Mm. because he has his own song that I won't give away. It's all just, it's... Makes sense. I want it to win all of the awards. There's so many amazing details in it Awards. because it was written by ladies ladies written and directed by ladies yes the costuming is also amazing mm. however it made me feel bad about myself <laughs> i have oh, a problem man. with this that people there are certain people cool people Ugh. that are allowed to wear whatever they want and they yep. look great yes and i hate it i hate it too i hate it if i look like if i put that on i would be like committed right but like they look fucking like a trash bag yeah they look perfect everybody looks perfect and it's probably because it is new york so i got to thinking that when back in high school when i was like i'm gonna be an actress when i get older you as an actress when you go off to find yourself you either go to new york or la right 
At no point did I ever think that I could go to New York. Even at 17, I was hyper aware that I'm not cool. <laughs> and I can fake California cool. Like, you can't fake New York cool. No. You either have it or you don't. Right. They, it, they, just, they just sweat cool. Yeah. And it, so it made me mad. <laughs> it made me irrationally angry. I I, sometimes I'm like, who can, I'm going to wear that anyways. And the whole time I'm wearing it, I'm like, oh my God, you look do like I look an a asshole. dickhead? Yeah. <laughs> we look like assholes when we try to do things just, like that. I don't get it. it As a person work. who's currently wearing a Britney Spears sweatshirt. That was, was that was a jinx zoomy just then. Yes. So um, that's, that, I'm jealous of that sweatshirt. It's a it's great amazing. sweatshirt. It's a good sweatshirt. So I was mad at the costume choices because they were they so were cool. They were so good. Yeah. Because they were so good and so cool. And it just made me feel like I'm cool. The other takeaway that I had was, holy God, do I want to start smoking again? <laughs> so I, I was a smoker when I was uh, in college up pretty much up until I moved to San Diego where I had heard that in San Diego like you're not allowed to smoke anywhere so I was like I better quit so I I made a resolution to quit on the drive to that's San like Diego. the worst time to do that it was and it was dumb yeah uh because when I had left Minnesota you were still able to smoke in bars oh my gosh and so like that was my jam smoking in bars smoking in bars and smoking in my car mm-hmm. so when I moved to San Diego I quit with the help of those little starlight mints. Chantix and Ray Liotta. <laughs> no, oh. not Chantix. I used like the little starlight mints because I smoked menthols, as you know. Mm-hmm. It, we still, no, I won't. No, we don't. We ever. don't smoke in Vegas. We don't ever dabble. Never, ever. No so, dabbling. So when I watch this, Natasha Leone's character smokes, and I'm oh. pretty sure Natasha Leone as well. That's how she has that amazing <laughs> voice. She's she smoked since she was born. She just smokes like a chimney and I'm like, oh, just just blow just it in one, my just mouth. Can I, just blow it in my mouth. Please. And I really wanted to smoke again because again, when they do it, it so yeah. when somebody in the Midwest smokes, you're like, look at that fucking trash. When they do it, it's so cool. And it's not like they're like yeah. pre-rolled or anything. They're just like cool people smoking. Yeah. I have that issue too. Like when I watch Mad Men, uh, Peaky Blinders, we've watched in the past couple years. They're just constantly, and those are like old time. There's like straight up tar. Yeah. That they're smoking. And it's just like, oh man, that looks so cool right now. Yeah. And uh, I'm Spoiler going. Spoiler alert, it's not. It's bad for you. And vaping <laughs> just alert. makes you look yeah. like a dick. Yeah. And I would never <laughs> vape. And that's, that's another thing like, you know vaping is uncool because you did not see it a single fucking time in this show. <laughs> because they're in New York and they would never, they would never. I don't think even in any modern show they would be like, we need this character to smoke, but you know what? Not cigarettes. They vape. They vape. They vape, bro. No. No, because there was not a single bro in this show except for one who gets his comeuppance. Good. But he also smoked cigarettes. So I wanted a cigarette the whole time Ugh. that I was watching this. So I'm going, I'm going to Vegas in a couple weeks and... Maybe I'll partake. Sneaky snakes. It's like, I don't do like MDMA when I go to Vegas. I, I'm going to have a cigarette. Oh my God, I'm so naughty. So I'm going to have a cigarette. Um, there was one huge criticism that I have. A huge negative. But it's not from me. Okay. It's from my husband, Bill. Okay. I don't agree with this because I don't understand it. Okay. Nadia is a computer programmer. Specifically a video game programmer. Oh, okay. So there are scenes in which she's doing that or also when she's at work. And to directly quote 
Bill. That's not how programming works. (laughs) And also, everything about this is stupid. (laughs) Was that the show in general or just her No, 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 no. He liked the show. That is an interesting career choice. It was just the... And it ties in and you you find out why. So nobody makes video games in New York. That's what Seattle's for. That's what Seattle's for. So... That was the only criticism that I have written down, and that's not even from me. That's amazing. Because I would have never noticed, and I don't know what the fuck. Bill programs around me, and I'm like, I have no idea what, what are you're you doing. doing? And are you like doing programming? Math? And you're like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're just doing math equations. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't see just any people. Typing all sort of mumbo jumbo into the computer. So he definitely thought that they, you know, with everything else that was great and authentically done. They misrepresented. They misrepresented the it was like when Sandra Bullock orders a pizza on the internet in the net. Like it was it, clearly just not great. So <laughs> he that was his criticism. I don't care. Doesn't so, matter. So, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It really just doesn't matter. Uh, so what I'm excited about is, you know, I said that I was really sad that it was over. It I found out that it was pitched to Netflix by Amy Poehler and Natasha Leo. Don't tell Amy Poehler no. You don't. It was pitched as a three-part series. Okay. Because this feels like one that can't go on yes. forever. It is perfectly ended. The last episode is so perfectly ended, it brought tears to my eyes. Oh, that's hard to do. But good tears. It's not hard to do. It is hard to do. It depends. Not, I mean, it's not hard to make it cry. Let's... <laughs> I'm thinking of all I the cry. times I've seen you cry, and I'm like, well, that time no. wasn't that hard. No, it's not hard. But crying from satisfaction is hard. So they could end it. I hope they don't because I really want to see where they could possibly go from here. Okay. Because there are so many conspiracy theories and so many ideas of what might actually be going on in this show, hmm. what the explanation might be for what's going on. But it, I hope they do the other, whatever sequel they have to this. But it might also just be fun to not because then you could just speculate forever. Yeah. Do you think it would work if they started like introducing more people that go through this? Possibly. Then that might be the direction that they go in. But I, uh, I hope they don't do that because I'm so invested in Nadia and Alan and Maxine. Yes. (laughs) So I hope they don't do that. No matter what Maxine should be in it. No. And Maxine, the character of Maxine should have her own movie and show. Uh, There are so many parts of this show that made me cackle out loud. (laughs) I have, when I I think something's real funny, I will loudly, embarrassingly loudly cackle. Yes. And I did that a few times. Just the line delivery of even a simple throwaway line is perfect. It's a, it's a sign of a truly good show if you can have a few good cackles. Yeah. Like a line like, what happened? I'm not going to say it in the same inflection as the character, but you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when you see it. Okay. Uh, I do want to share without spoiling anything, my favorite line in the entire series. Okay. And that is, you just threw a gauntlet in my poos poos. <laughs> I cannot even imagine what that is referencing off the top of my head right now. It's so good. It's so good. And, oh. A gauntlet in my poos poos. He just threw a gauntlet in my poos poos. 
I died. <laughs> and then came back again at that same party. And then you party. keep coming back again. So gotta get up, gotta get up. Ending thoughts. So fucking good. Yay. Everybody needs to watch it. I hope this is one of those things you can have your own opinion. Not about this. <laughs> Don't fucking correct me and say, you, can't have you know, I didn't really like it. I just thought that it was, she, uh, she should it, was just, it was just a, uh, you know, a Groundhog Day ripoff. Don't come at me with that shit. <laughs> this is so fucking good. So please watch it. You can do it in an evening. It's, oh. uh, it's eight 20 minute could episodes. You, as long as the movie. If you're snowed in for the weekend with power. You if you have power and you're snowed in, it would be a great watch. So, uh, I'm going to give it five out of five Groundhog Day ripoffs. Yeah. It was so, like so it. very good. I like it. Oh, I'm excited to to learn more about it. Oh, you need to, yeah. You probably, you can't watch it. So Tiffany is at my house right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in just a few minutes, we will have more people joining us. Yes. Because. I was actually going to want to end on this topic. We have to do a prediction. Okay. okay, so it, tonight is uh, the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 4. Four. All-Stars 4. It's the grand finale. We are at the top four of All-Stars 4. Who are your predictions? I could give a shit. Because Manila's <laughs> gone? Because Latrice just farted all over everything and was so disappointing. That fucking because dress. Because Manila's fucking gone. in the last episode. Oh my god. Wait, I wasn't... Oh no, we were snowed in. So yeah. we watched it at home. Yeah, it was terrible. She did. No, uh, I was. No, she broke my was. heart. Like Latrice Royale is, was was my one true queen. <laughs> That's not true. Katya is my. One true queen. Um, oh, I'm gonna make a prediction. I'm I'm calling Trinity. I think that if if they were honestly going by track record at this point, Trinity is the only yes. choice. Yes, I would not be surprised or disappointed at Moni Cart. She has, from someone being right off of her actual season, who was not great on her action. She got sent home pretty early. She got sent home pretty early. And and do you remember her costumes were were bad because they were all handmade? Yeah. Um, Like, she has come so far. Not without makeup blending, though. (laughs) She's guys, it gets, it does every little bit of difference. For somebody who barely put on mascara today. I wouldn't be surprised or. Actually, I'm not going to be ups- like, I'm not. You're not going to be on them Reddit boards I'm threatening not- people's lives? You fucking die, you bitch. Leave no. Jasmine like, Smalls alone. What the hell? Jasmine Smalls, I always Naomi mess up Smalls. her name. Jasmine Smalls. God, you hate Naomi Smalls that much so you don't even know her name. I think ja- Joan Smalls is a model. I don't know. <laughs> I don't so, know yeah, No, happening. I'm not. I won't be, like, this isn't going to ruin my life. No. If any of them. And whoever it is, I'm certainly happy As long for as them. it wasn't Valentina, we're fine. Fuck Valentina. Hate you, Valentina. <laughs> we don't hate you. We're just kidding. No, I'm just jealous that you look like that. She does. She looks. You have a penis. See, any any fair. hatred we have for drag queens is because we're jealous of the fact that they look better than us as well. Honestly, it's, I feel like maybe that's why I liked Latrice so much because I was like, I will still always be thinner than you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smaller than you, giant Latrice, the plus size drag queen. So we'll we'll we probably won't go into a full review next week, but we will certainly talk about no. it. But then yes. it is the fifth. 15th today on the 28th we oh get gosh. season 11 that's amazing can i come over hell yeah we're okay. gonna do the same thing we're just gonna have a couple weeks <gasps> family off dinner. family dinners at the at our house yeah and yeah because i'm super excited about something like we from season 11 especially the fact that vanessa vanji mateo was back and she has she has also a natasha leone voice that 
Oh, it's my only Banshee. Gosh. It is only oh, Banshee. So my gosh. we'll have to talk about that a little next week. But I don't have anything that I'm going to binge that I know about. But I didn't think that about Russian Doll either. Right. That just kind of came into my lap. Yeah. So I'm hoping that I can have another very loud Netflix preview drop into my lap. Yeah. Thanks, Netflix. Turn it down just a tiny bit. Yeah. I don't really. I mean, we're still kind of getting our shit back together after the power outage. And, right. Um, I uh, we're, you know, we watch stuff as a married couple, and then uh, I don't really need to talk about Man in the High Castle on this podcast. Yeah. It is. Season two is really good, though. Um, but I'm sure I'll find something. Yeah, we'll I'm find sure something. I'll find something. Please make sure to, number one, uh, follow this podcast on SoundCloud itself. Yes, please. Add us as one of your followers because then, then I, I, I don't know, I'm not a follower because I, you know, run the thing, but I would assume you probably get some sort of a, notification that oh, says yeah. that we put another episode yeah is that something that happens yeah and okay. if you also um yes it will drop a, a bird will come and knock on your door yeah um uh also twitter we're twitter we, we're tweeting a lot mm-hmm. um and instagram mm-hmm. we talk about the episodes um i've been trying to get us to work on doing an intro post about each of us yeah um i when this is over i gotta show you the pictures i took yesterday oh, oh my god they failed so hard but it might, it might just it's who i am yeah. um we're also dtf doing the facebook doing the facebook we're also dtf I was like so, where's this going where is this going? yeah so follow us on all of our social medias we uh are really appreciative of all three of you that listen yes we love you guys we love you fans oh my gosh guys and we will talk to you next week bye-bye bye